Welcome to the New Money Habits Podcast, where we talk about how to create a better plan for your money so you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Here are your hosts, Sarah Jones and Nino Villa. Welcome back, Budgeteers. Coach Nino Villa here alongside me, my partner on the airways. As always, it's Sarah Jones. Hi, Sarah. Well, hello, hello. How are you and where are you? <laughs> um, I am doing very well. Um, still in Arizona. It feels like I've been saying that for a long time. Um, we have spent, it feels like many months here, um, but getting ready to take off. So to anybody out there listening shortly, you're going to be hearing a whole lot of other states and places that we are at. Um, but Arizona still for the time being. Yeah. And for those of our listeners who may not know, Sarah, you kind of document your travels and your, um, oh, what's the real word I'm looking for? All of your adventures on <laughs> Instagram. Where where can people find and follow Sarah Jones, her husband, and all of their happenings on Instagram? <laughs> well, thanks for the, the little plug. Um, so shameless plug out here. It's um, our page is called Carmen and Lil Jimmy. So it's Carmen with a K. So it's K-A-R-M-E-N and L-I-L-G-I-M-M-Y. So it's spelled a little bit differently, but Carmen is our camper. Little Jimmy is our pickup. It's a GMC. So it's Carmen and Little Jimmy. So you can find us on Facebook or Instagram. So there's Carmen, there's little Jimmy, there's Sarah and her husband, but isn't there yet another vehicle with another name? There is. We have Vicky. She is our beloved motorcycle. Um, and uh, just another little piece of it. Carmen, little Jimmy and Vicky, they document our adventures. So they're the ones that post and talk about our adventures across the United States. And, and, um, it's kind of fun. I, a lot of people really like it. So I'll just say we do it in a way that, um, most of the posts and everything, they are speaking out into the world. So kind of fun. All right. Very cool. Well, check that <laughs> stuff out on Instagram. As for us, what are we going to be talking about today when it comes to the financial uh, landscape of our listeners and our viewers? I'm very excited about today's topic because we're going to be talking about money mulligans. And for anybody who might not be familiar, a mulligan is a, a do-over, a redo. Like, I did something, it didn't go quite the way I had hoped, and boy, can I just get a, a second chance at that? And so I wanted to start our conversation off by asking each of us to answer this question. And that is, what's the number one thing you would have done differently with money if given a mulligan and why? So, Sarah, I'll let mm -hmm. you answer that first. Your number one <laughs> mulligan. Um, two things. Does it have to be just one and how much time do we have? Because... <laughs> There are a lot of um, a lot of a lot of money um, mulligans, and actually, you know, I'll be honest. I don't know that that's necessarily true for me, Nino. I don't know that I necessarily have a mulligan. I don't. I have learned so much um, from some of the choices that I've made financially that 
um, they have been very pivotal places in my life that have really boosted me, given me a boost forward. Doesn't mean that they, I saw that at the time. Um, so a couple of them that come to mind, real pivotal places where, um, I made kind of a rash decision in purchasing a car. Um, I had a vehicle for about a month. It was used, but a lot of stuff was going wrong with it. And I was so emotional, went back into the dealership and ended up leaving with a brand new vehicle. Well, part of that, um, that specific instance, I I had some regret around because I didn't take the time to be intentional with my decision. I definitely reacted. Um, I did not really respond to the situation. And um, so emotions overtook. Second one that really stands out for me is um, we finished our basement in our house and we had the cash in savings to pay for it. And we went out and took a HELOC. Um, but we paid for the entire finishing of the basement, everything in cash. And I still pulled the money out of the HELOC to replenish my savings account. Hmm. Really wish we hadn't have done that. Um, now, again, I learned a lot from that experience. And I... I learned from that specific that it was fueling my scarcity um, mindset of not having that large amount of money in my savings account. It made me fearful. It brought in, um, you know, some, some security issues and some safety issues. And so at the time I used the HELOC as a way to bring in security. Well, I now know because I've worked on my mindset a lot more that that wasn't necessarily the case. But um, again, huge lesson I learned with that one. Um, the third one, um, which may surprise some people, um, I owed an attorney a lot of money when I went through my divorce. And I borrowed money from my parents um, to put the um, retainer down. And what that did was I then owed money to my parents and I owed money to an attorney, right? When I had some money in my savings account. And so would I do it again, you know, the same way? Probably because I learned so much and, and I learned that those feelings of owing my parents money, not, it did not sit well with me right? Didn't sit well. And throughout all of this, you know, the thing that collectively that I've learned is listen to my intuition and listen to what my heart is really telling me, right? And, and not use my emotions to make decisions. Um, I've mentioned on some previous episodes, my default is to kind of freak out and I make pretty rash decisions. And so all of these, while I wouldn't call them a mulligan, I've I will call them a very pivotal peace and very pivotal part in my life, in my financial journey, and ones that I am very, very grateful for. Mm. You know, I think hindsight is twenty twenty, <clears throat> And I wouldn't know now what I do had I not made 
some of the money mistakes that I've made. So I, I get your point, but I'm telling you right now, if I could have had this information <laughs> back then, there's no way on God's green earth I would have done what I did. So I have a number <laughs> one, and mm. I would totally take it back in a, in a heartbeat if I could because of the unique stupidity of this, <laughs> this situation. I'm pretty sure I've shared this before, but, you know, we're getting new listeners all the time, so they haven't heard every Nino story yet. And for those of you who've heard it before, bear with me and just have a good laugh at my expense. It's fine. But Nino, in his infinite stupidity, um, was working for – or it didn't start there. Let me go back. Um, I decided that I was going to go back to school to get my undergraduate degree. And when I first started school, like right out of high school, I was a poor kid from a poor family. So I got Pell Grants and all that stuff. And so I didn't have to worry about paying for classes at the community college. It was all paid for, right? So it felt like an extension of high school. Fast forward a couple of years later, I got my first, what I like to call big boy job. And I decided I needed to go get an undergraduate degree so that I felt like I actually belonged where I was. So at that time in my life, I, I'm making some money and whatnot, and I don't qualify for Pell Grants. So now it's time to pay for school. Well, one of the reasons I had thought about going back to school is because my employer at the time offered tuition reimbursement. Keyword there is reimbursement. They, it means I have to come up with the money first, and then they will give me uh, a reimbursement based on my grades, a different different amounts. So they were, I think they were willing to give me $8,000 a year or $8,500 a year for A's. So I went back to college and I kind of looked at what would my course load be and how do I keep it under $8,000 a year? So I did at least that part smartly, but then it was like, how am I coming up with this $8,000 beforehand? Well, the, the school helped with that. They're like, just apply for financial aid. Well, financial aid, again, didn't include things like grants this time around. It was student loans. So I took out the student loans with the full intention of once I get this reimbursement check, I will pay it back. All right. Well, we all know that uh, the road to undesirable places is paved with good intentions. <laughs> so I took out the loan. I got A's. I got my reimbursement check. And when I got that $8,000 or $8,500 reimbursement check, did Nino in his early to mid-20s do the responsible thing and pay off his student loan with that reimbursement check? Or did he pretend like it was additional income? You all can guess it. Yes, You all just said in your head, you're, you're like, he, he used it as additional income. Yeah, of course I did. So I still had this student loan and I was blowing this $8,500 or whatever it was like it was income. So I did that for a couple of semesters. Well, that's that's only where the stupidity began. This I really doubled down on the stupidity. I probably quadrupled down on the stupidity when I started working for a university that was willing to give me my education tuition-free, and I still took out the student loans and treated them like they were additional income. Sixty thousand dollars later i made quite a mess quite a mess now so when i say like 
would I like to go back and would I like to wring that kid's neck and be like, dude, stop doing stupid things? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, it has put me in a unique position to really help people see the dangers of student loans and help them find much more effective ways for paying for college, starting with scholarships and, and that sort of thing, uh, planning through 529s, whatever the case may be. But don't, don't do what Nino did. He doubled, tripled, and quadrupled down on stupid and uh, ended up with a $60,000 debt that I could have almost completely avoided. I say almost completely because there was a part where when I first started taking classes at the university, they paid for 75% of my my education. Mm-hmm. I only would have had to come up with 25. And if that was the only time I took student loans and didn't pay them back, then maybe I'd be, I would have had like six grand in student loan debt, not $60,000 in student loan debt. So yeah, that's the big one. That's the mulligan. That's the, if I owned a, a, a 1985 DeLorean that allowed me to uh, <laughs> travel through time, I, that's the place I would go in my financial journey and say, no, 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 don't do that. That is a really, really, really bad decision. Hmm. Interesting. First of all, I want to say if I know you're being, you know, bringing in some humor into this, but um, I would not call it, it feels like you're being a little hard on yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Feels like you're being a little hard on yourself um, with this. But, you know, it's interesting that don't we all, either way, there, it's a very pivotal place in your life, right? And very um, pivotal place that, that has affected your financial future for many, many years to come even. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because the truth of the matter is I'm still paying off that debt. So there's it's still hanging around just a little bit. I can finally see the light at the end of the tunnel. But, you know, I had other debt and other things of cash flow along the way and all that stuff. So not only is it still kind of affecting my present, but think about it. All the money that I've been paying to student loans, the opportunity costs that I've missed Mm -hmm. out on, the $524 a month going to student loans, had that been going to, you know, a 401k, a Roth IRA, anything else, um, you know, there's been huge opportunities have been missed because of this really, really bad decision. But you're... You bring up an, an important point. I didn't know that then. Mm-hmm. I know that now because hindsight is twenty twenty. Of mm-hmm. course, I can see how things would have gone differently if I would have made wiser financial decisions back then. Mm-hmm. You know, and just listening to your story, you know, I've, I've just reflecting on my own, you know, and, and a couple of those that I've shared and, you know, I've said, I will never buy a new car again, you know, a brand new car again. And I think where that comes from is I am wiser now, you know, I do have more information. Um, mm-hmm. But I really also, that time was a very stressful time. And I recognize how making some of those decisions you know, where it was really coming from such wounded places um, for me that it wasn't even necessarily lack of education in my experience. Some of it was, but for me, it was really about not, 
I allowed money to really steal the, a lot of joys in my life over the years. And, and I think that people, I remember people trying to tell me and I didn't listen. And so really, I think, Nino, as I'm reflecting on some of these stories and listening to your story, if I could go back and change one thing, it definitely would be to listen to the people that had um, so much empathy for my situation, but also a lot of knowledge that they tried to pass along to me that I didn't receive, that I wasn't really open to listening to. And if I could change one thing, it would be that is listening to people, not necessarily to do everything that they said, but really listening to their perspective and not being the know it all, right? Or not, not mm. really taking the time to say, how might this apply to my situation, right? What are the nuggets that I can pull out of this that could help me right now? And so, and that's in a lot of areas, but definitely financial, um, my grandparents, one of my sets of grandparents, I always considered did very well, and I'm using the air quotes on well, financially. Um, and I remember my grandpa trying to have conversations with me, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, it's not really that interesting mm -hmm. to me, right? Mm -hmm. So part of it, I think my mulligan would be to really listen to the advice that people tried to give me, because I think that could have changed, not think, it would have changed the trajectory of my future in very significant ways. Yeah. Yeah, it actually makes me think about how, um, I, I was just sharing with a client of mine like a week or two ago, uh, who's younger, she's in her, her mid twenties. I said, you know, at your age, I knew a lot of this stuff that I'm I'm telling you about, like compound interest, and if you could, if you can kind of commit early, like when you're in your first career and you don't need all the money that um, you have coming home. So if you can commit 15% of your income now and you lock in the percentage instead of like a dollar amount to your 401k, here's what it could look like. I said, I said to uh, this young woman, I said. I knew all this stuff when I was your age. The problem was I didn't actually do it. Mm. And I said, so do you think you're going to do it? And she's like, I'm contacting HR tomorrow to change my 401k contributions to 15%. Mm. And I was all like, excellent. I love that. Excellent. And so right in line with what you're saying, it's about like heeding that advice of people who are, you know, maybe a little bit ahead of where you are, or have experiences that you don't yet have that you can kind of learn from them. You know, I'm an open book about the student loans because if it helps one other person avoid getting themselves, you know, tuition reimbursement's great, right? I, I think it's awesome that companies offer it. There's this huge need for the individual to have the discipline to say, mm -hmm. if I'm taking student loans out to pay for it up front, the moment I get that reimbursement check, that's where it's going. It's going to pay that back. If you can cash flow it, right? If you've saved the $8,000 yourself and you pay it and now it's a reimbursement, <clears throat> then it's a wash and that's even better. But if my story can help one person, two people, anybody mm -hmm. avoid making that same mistake 
then to your point, like good on them for heeding the advice of somebody who's come before them, who wishes that maybe they would have done things differently. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. And I love that. Um, I, and when you were talking, you know, about that young client that you're working with younger, um, I love that, that she's taking the initiative to ask questions, right? Because there were a lot of things that I didn't know. I didn't know about compound interest at her age. I didn't know about contributing to retirement, but I saw it when I was working that it was an option. It was in my handbooks, right? It was on my paycheck that this was an option and I didn't know what it was, but I also didn't ask. And so, Mm. you know, there's, lesson that I can even keep today, right, is to be curious and really ask those questions about things that I don't know, the information that I don't know, right? Ask, and maybe that could change a decision going forward. Yep. Yep. Uh, You know, truth be told, that particular client, I've worked with her parents, and so Mm. she just kind of benefited from... (laughs) You know, mom and dad are doing something because what what 20 something year old in her early to mid 20s sits down with a financial coach, one that whose parents sat down with a financial coach. Right. So um, but but she's seen the difference that it's all made in her parents life. And she just wants like that head start that like, let me just implement good financial money management techniques today and not let, you know, we all think the thing that I thought was when I saw all the compounding interest graphs and everything, I was like, awesome. I have time. Mm. Yeah. Time gets away. And from what us. I should have realized was time was my biggest advocate right then and there. Mm-hmm. So, um, one of, one of our dear friends who's been on the show before, uh, Mr. Mike, often talks about uh, the best time to have done something like invest or whatever was yesterday. Mm-hmm. The next best time is today. So even if mm-hmm. you have a lot of yesterdays behind you like me, it doesn't mean that you know you can't start today. And today is the best time to start. Mm-hmm. With anything. Maybe mm-hmm. not even with investing, right? But with anything, any any change that you want to be making in your life today is really right. the, the the best time to do it. And maybe that's a good um, a good challenge for all the listeners, right? Is to pick one thing that that you've been putting off that's kind of been on that to do list for a long time, or kind of been kind of swirling in the back of your mind. Maybe today is the day. Today's the day that you're just like, yes, I should have done it yesterday, but I have this opportunity to start today. Yeah. And I love that. And I want to, I want to partner that with what you were saying about me earlier about like being a little too hard on myself. Don't, don't concern yourself with what you should have done in however many yesterdays you had. Don't worry about that. Focus on today and moving forward. Mm -hmm. Um, So I love that. I think that's a great, place to kind of wrap up this particular conversation. I do want to invite our listeners to uh, visit the website, newmoneyhabits.com. We have great resources and tools there for you to help you plan and, and, and kind of figure out, you know, what your money should be doing. But more than that, uh, I continue to offer it. 
there's in the show notes, there's a link to schedule time with either Sarah or myself. Sit down with one of us. We'd love to sit down with you for that first conversation for free and just talk about, you know, your money situation, where you currently are, where you desire to be, and help you to map a path between where you are and where you want to be. Awesome. And with that, we will continue this conversation next time. Thank you for listening to the New Money Habits podcast brought to you by New Money Habits and Keeping Up with the Joneses Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our host by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes. Join our growing group of like-minded people on Facebook and follow us on your favorite platform. Music provided by Summer School.